That, that was El Quds Al Atika, or Jerusalem in My Heart, by Firuz and the Rabani Brothers. You are listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI 99.5 FM here in New York City. I'm your host, John Tarleton. Uh, and um, uh, we're going to have a Gaza update in one moment. Just want to let people know that it's your support that keeps this station going. We're going to talk more about how you can give and help support this station. Um, but please be ready for that. We we need all hands on deck to uh, continue broadcasting here at WBAI. But the big story we're continuing to follow is uh, the Israeli assault on Gaza and the fate of more than 2 million people who are trapped in the Gaza Strip enduring uh, this genocidal war that's taking place there. Uh, my colleague Ahmed Gagarin has been following all of this closely, including Arab language news sources that she's able to monitor. Uh, Amba, what do you have for us tonight? Uh, only to a certain extent. I still use Google Translate. I just have the ends. Um, so, right, I'm going to go right into it. Updates on Gaza from uh, the Middle East to here in New York City. Uh, so far, 15 to 30,000 Gazans have been killed by Israeli forces since October 7th in Gaza. That number depends on whether you count uh, many of those stuck under the rubble uh, dead. All of the safe zones in south of Gaza have changed, and uh, people currently uh, have been evacuated into hospitals uh, uh, you know, in the past couple of weeks that were then attacked. Um, there's too many to list. On the ground in Gaza, updates uh, uh, coming from reporter Bisan Oda via her Instagram page, Wizard Bisan. Today, she said, in the south of Gaza Strip, a seven-year-old girl named Lyon has been surrounded by occupation snipers since yesterday in a car with six members of her family who were all killed by the snipers. While we know that she is alive and besieged because she spoke to the Red Crescent Ambulance and asking for their help, the Israeli army prevents her from reaching the girl. So, On Friday, the International Court of Justice released a ruling on South Africa's case against Israel for committing genocide in Gaza. It said that there is a plausible cause that Israel is purporting genocide in Gaza and ruled that Israeli leaders must stop killing civilians and allow access to aid for the Gazans, but did not specifically call for a ceasefire, which was one of South Africa's requests. Then on Monday, the UN's highest court also accepted to hear South Africa's case against Israel, and that same day, yesterday, Israel accused 12 employees with the UN's Agency for Palestinian Refugees, or UNWA, of taking part in the Hamas attack on October 7th. The United States and at least 10 other nations immediately suspended funding to the agency, which has a staff of over 13,000 and has provided essential aid to most of Gaza's 2.3 million residents since long before this violence. UNRWA said on Monday it would not be able to continue operations in Gaza and across the region beyond the end of February if funding were not resumed. It can be noted that during a discussion on the Israeli par- at the Israeli parliament on January 4th, Noga Arbel, a former official of the Israeli foreign ministry, said it will be impossible to win the war if we do not destroy UNRWA, and this destruction must begin immediately. And Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu said there will be no UNRWA in post-war Gaza. And yesterday, the Pentagon accused... There's been a lot of news these past few days. Yesterday, the Pentagon accused Iranian-backed militants of killing three U.S. soldiers in a drone strike at a base in Jordan along the Syrian border, making the troops the first U.S. armed forces killed by enemy fire in the region since October 7th. This comes after various strategic bombings in Syria, Iraq, Iran, Lebanon, Yemen, and Pakistan. 
Rami Khoury, Palestinian-American journalist, spoke yesterday on Democracy Now! about the mindset of some of these groups that Western colonial powers have been attacking. We're going to listen to him. It's okay. okay. Right. People who did this attack, the Americans blame a certain group in uh, Iraq uh, funded or backed by Iran. There's dozens of these groups all over uh, the region. Uh, there's almost as many of these groups around the region as there are American military bases around the region. I think there's something like 30 or 35 American military bases with something like 30,000, 40,000 uh, troops. And of course, when you add them, ones that come in on the aircraft carriers, uh, it's more than that. So what you have to see this, you have to see this in the context of a regional situation with many American military installations, some of them killing and attacking Arabs and others, some of them are not. And you have to see the groups from uh, Arab countries, official state groups and uh, non-state actors like Hezbollah and Hamas and Ansarullah. That's the context in which we have to uh, to see this. There are so many potential people who could have done this attack, uh, uh, which should make us wonder about why are there so many people who are potential attackers. Uh, it's because they see the American presence link very close to what Israel is doing in Palestine. They see this as a threat, and they come right out and say it. They've said it so many times. We're not scared of being attacked. We're not um, um, put off by the U.S. and, um, and Israeli threats. We're defending our, our territory, and if we're aggressed against, we're going to uh, fight back. And the, the Ansarullah in, uh, in Yemen and others have said, look, if the U.S. stops actively supporting the genocidal um, savage moves of Israel and Gaza, uh, we will uh, stop attacking American uh, targets. By the way, I know that area in northeastern Jordan quite well. I spent uh, uh, many, many days there years ago, and I was writing books on archaeology, and I lived in Jordan. And there's two things I think people should recognize about this area. Uh, first of all, if you look at that aerial f uh, photograph, which uh, you showed, uh, of the camp, uh, Tower 2, I think it's called, if you look at that photograph, then you go back into the archaeological uh, journals and look at pictures, aerial photographs of Roman and Byzantine camps that archaeologists have mapped in surveys, you find exactly the same thing. And this is a sign that these kinds of foreign military installations inside the region, especially on peripheral border areas, that don't have a long lifestyle. Uh, and they uh, will be abandoned because the local people don't want them there. All right, that was Rami Khoury, Palestinian-American journalist, speaking on Democracy Now! yesterday. Um, and I thought it would be interesting to include a little bit of the history there because it, the, the region that we've been talking about, you know, is really, really rich in history, uh, as are most. But um, here in in New York, you know, there have been protests uh, ongoing since October 7th for uh, free Palestine and, and a ceasefire in Gaza, as have there been in major cities all around the world up until through, you know, today. Um, and on Friday, the co-founder of the Brooklyn-based group within our lifetime Palestine, Nardine Kiswani, 
and other protest organizers were arrested for using a speakerphone, which is what they always do, just for the record, um, at their protests and are not usually arrested for, at a Midtown protest denouncing APAC and the Israeli arms manufacturer Albit. This is the first time that Kaswani, who is a relatively well-known figure, has been arrested during the protest since October 7th. And just the day before that, Within Our Lifetime released a report titled The Crackdown on Palestine, Unveiling NYPD's Repression Tactics. And you can read that online at wolpalestine.com backslash resist repression. Nardine said in an Instagram post after that Friday incident, for all of those asking if I'm okay, of course I am. As long as I fight for my people and I have my people out here on the streets continuing to speak out against this genocide, I am okay. It is an honor to, it is an honor to play, pay the price of fighting against the genocide of my people, my family, my loved ones. My people resist everywhere we go with everything we have. We resist them. This is what we do. There has never been resistance without a cost. Try to silence me again and it'll only make me louder. So she has received multiple death threats and, and rape threats for her activism. And that is all I have. Amba Gergarian, reporting live. <laughs> yeah, great work, Amba. Thank you for uh, keeping track of so many threads of what's going on with the, the war in Gaza, the protests uh, back here in New York and elsewhere. I, I just have to say real quick with that uh, unrest story, uh, the UN Relief Agency, uh, it's really shocking. I mean, and if you think this agency that has 13,000 employees that help feed, feed and keep alive many of Gaza's 2 million residents uh, is, is essentially uh, at risk of being defunded here because allegedly 12 of its employees were, did, were involved in the Hamas action on October 7th. And keep in mind, that's coming from Israel, and that's just what they say. But... Even if it were true, you got twelve people out of thirteen thousand, and you're going to defund the whole, the whole thing, pretty much. Uh, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, the powers that be in this country uh, pulling the plug on a police department if you ha- if they found a dozen bad cops and being well, like, they well, don't. They, <laughs> well, they, you don't have to imagine it because they don't. And uh, and really, any other government agency. I mean, heck. You know, if, if you found out in, there were 12 corrupt congressmen, uh, would you close down Capitol Hill? I mean, probably not. Um, they, they certainly wouldn't do that sure. to themselves. They don't, <laughs> again. <laughs> so, and, and it also, it's just the cruelty of it is mind-boggling. It also made me think of a famous comment attributed to Mahatma Gandhi, the Indian independence leader, uh, where he was once asked by a, Western, uh, by a reporter, uh, uh, what do you think of Western civilization? And he uh, said, I think that would be a, a, a good idea. Um, yeah, there you go. But uh, yep. um, anyway, uh, again, thank you for that report, 